I go to a job I, I absolutely love. I'm, I'm able to talk more and all of those things. My boss will come by and like, you know what? Everybody talks about how inspirational you are and how you bring energy and all those things, but we just need you to sit in your seat more. And I'm just like, I can't do it. Me losing that job caused me to get into um, a, a grind mode, a mode of like, all right, you know what? I'm not gonna put myself in this position again where I'm relying on somebody else to help me provide for my family. Empower You podcast is devoted to bringing real world wisdom and encouragement to our listeners, fans, subscribers, and friends. We talk about a multitude of life principles and the process from an economic, societal, and cultural perspective. We believe that in tough conversations and shared wisdom, we can pave the path and leave a ladder for the future. So subscribe to our channel, rate, review, and let us empower you. What's up, friends? If you're anything like me, you realize that eating healthy meals supercharges your productivity and gives you a clear mind so that you can solve more problems at work or in your business. Smile More Meal Prep Service lets you choose from a variety of healthy food options that will fit your dietary needs while putting a smile on your face so you can stop stressing about eating healthy throughout the week and buying lunches because Smile More Meal Prep has got your back. And if you use the promo code EMPOWER, you'll receive 15% off your order so click the link in the show notes order your healthy delicious meals relax and smile more welcome to empower you podcast my name is Kibway cooper i'm so glad that you guys are here i hope you're having a fantastic wednesday i'm doing great hope you are too um so today we're going to be talking about um a topic i think is very important in our process of becoming something, right? Of recovering, of healing. Um, you know, in this men's series, we've kind of been talking about some of the big issues that a lot of men face and why um, these are problems and how we can get over them, right? Um, men are important in society. They're important in their families. They're important um, to just the overall uh, makeup of, of society and humanity in general. Um, and so uh, we want to help each other, just like we want to help other people. I think it's important that we we spend some time and focus on some of the um, some of the the pain and the trauma surrounding manhood and what it means to be a man and endeavoring to be a good man and a good person um, and the things that happen along that way, right along that journey. Uh, it's not always pretty, and uh, we all definitely make mistakes. But this is a safe space for us to explore what that looks like. And and to really have the dialogue that's necessary to get beyond uh, those mistakes, right? So uh, let's talk about this topic and this guest. So first of all, our topic is transforming from trauma to triumph, okay? And that entire process is uh, uh, can get a, a bit 
you know, uh, uh, dirty, can get a, a bit frustrating. And so um, the rewards on the other side are equally, if not more so, as brilliant and amazing. And so uh, I have a guest with me today. Uh, he's just waiting off screen. Uh, and we're going to be talking about what that looks like, okay? So um, my guest is a CEO. He is the secret weapon to some of the seven and eight figure brands that you've seen all over social media and Instagram. Um, he is the, uh, the, 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 the coaches like secret sauce really when it comes to some of these great big, uh, online marketers and, or course creators, they come to him to get some things figured out. Okay. He's a father. He is uh, a husband. Uh, his name is words Taylor and he is a really good, awesome guy. So I'm going to bring him on up. Okay. Words what's happening, bro. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> I'm good, man. I'm good, man. Thanks for asking. How you doing? I'm great. I'm great, man. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited about this conversation and, uh, just for you having me, man. Thank you. Oh yeah, absolutely, man. We got it. We, you know, we had to chop it up, man. We had a great time yeah. in Atlanta. Uh, we yeah, were at yeah. a, a CEU mastermind retreat. That's where I first met Words. I had seen him online um, for a while, and so, um, and I even actually been in some communities that he was coaching in. And so, uh, thankfully, as my yeah. process increased and got better, I was able to be in the same room with him, and so to meet him, met him, and and we just been uh, really cool ever since. And so. Yeah. Uh, I'm super excited that you're here. Uh, Thank you. I was able to be in the same room as you. Uh, <laughs> you funny, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I appreciate yeah. that. I appreciate yeah. that. So, man, yeah. tell us a little bit about words. Tell us about yourself. Tell us where you're from, um, mm -hmm. and kind of uh, give us a little bit of background before we dive into some of these questions. Bro. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm from Chicago, Illinois. Born and raised there. Um, I left there to attend Iowa State University, mm. which is in Ames, Iowa. Okay. And um, I ended up, I graduated, I met my wife there, and we moved 30 minutes away from there, which is Des Moines, Iowa. So I am currently uh, still in Iowa. Uh, it's my son in the background. Uh, <laughs> so I'm currently still in Iowa right now. And, uh, you know, we're, we're in our process to move in now. So, yeah. Okay. Where you trying to so move right to, now, bro? Go ahead. I said, where you trying to move to, bro? Where's it? What's on uh, your sites? So here, here's, the, here's the thing. We're actually going to spend a year in Spain um, just because uh, my wife has never been to Europe before. She loves the Spanish culture and she majored in Spanish and all of those things. And um, we get we got married in Puerto Rico. So, like, we just, we just love the culture. So... Um, I'm gonna move there, uh, visit Spain and Italy and all those other countries that are there, Paris and London and all that stuff. So we wanna do a year of just traveling. And then from there, we're gonna move to Dallas. Yeah. Dude, yeah. So, I don't so even know what to say right now. I didn't expect you to say that. <laughs> yeah. I didn't expect you to say that. I'm proud, yeah. I love it, but yeah. I also didn't expect yeah. you to say that. Yeah, it's, it's something that we've, we've wanted to, to be able to travel for a long time, just to be able to, explore and and see what else is is available to us uh, and you know when you've been our families are both been you know we grew up in poverty and and um my my father who is a, a great man didn't even have a high school education her mom and her father all of these things so there was a lot of restriction you know placed on our lives for so long and now that we are in a different position it's like all right let's 
let's let's remove the shackles. Let's yeah, get this bro. work. Now. You know what I'm saying? Let's yeah. get this work. Yeah, so. bro, that's really interesting, we man. You, you three st- kids later, okay, oh. all right. So that's the, that's the, whew. okay. And you guys are going, all of y'all going to Spain. You ain't leaving them here, oh, right? right. <laughs> I, right. Trust me, I I tried to see how that could work out, but uh, uh. unfortunately, they're still in the dependency age, ten, five, and two. So they actually okay. they actually yeah. need us a little longer. Yeah, gonna get. Uh, they're gonna be chasing yeah, the car. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. They actually need us a little more. So yeah, that's but, awesome, yeah, man. That's, yep. that's awesome, bro. Like you said, so many things there that I think are really, um, are really important. I think you know, first of all, you talked about your background and being from, um, you know, a, a poverty background, right? Um, yeah. I think most Americans, in some way, shape, or form, are impacted by poverty. Um, by you know child hunger by you know lack of means low credit scores things like that yeah, um, yeah. things that that isolate you from opportunities that you may have had otherwise and so i think that's really important that you said that you also said that you know now that we're in a different position we're doing our best to live to to do more and i think yeah. there's an entire process you have to go through in order to one um, come out of that indoctrinated uh, poverty mindset. Come out of this religion, as you were, as I would call it, the religion of lack. Ooh, that's a good term. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna keep that. This religion of 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 lack that that kind of settles over you when you're from certain environments. Um, and so I think that's really awesome, man, that you're doing all of that and that you're changing that for your children. Like they won't ever know anything about that. Right. Yeah. Which yeah. is why I mean, it's, here's the thing, here's the thing, like it's, it's not, you, you have it right. The, it's a mindset, right? So I'm not saying you need money, um, in order to be free and to live. I did. I just think that is the restriction that was placed on me. Like me thinking that money was the thing that caused us to be able to live or money was the thing that brought us happiness or anything like that. I was just able to, through this process of not having, we were just able to finally truly understand like, okay, you know what? Our happiness is not contingent upon that. How can we still create moments and be joyful even with without? But now that we are able to now make money, it's like, all right, now how can we use this money to create new experiences as well? But the happiness has to come first. And when you have that, then we can start to take a take another journey. We can start to add on to that journey, right? We can start doing things that complement this happiness that we've created for ourselves. And even now, bro, I still have to fight these urges of like, oh my God, are we good? Oh, okay. No, we're good. Okay. Whew. You know, it, you know, so it, it just, it, it doesn't go away right away. You just, ha- I have to constantly remind myself. I have to continue to grow in it. And, um, and that's what's being helpful, bro. Wow, man. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Bro, I'm, yeah. I'm on that, uh, on that journey, bro. I feel yeah. like, yeah. <sighs> man, I just feel like the more I do, the more I see that I can't do. The more that I see yeah. I need to learn, the more that I see yeah. it's just out of my reach, the more that I see yeah. it's 
just in my reach you know what i mean yeah. like so it's this yeah. weird kind of like it's interesting and and I, and I and i agree man because um i was telling a buddy of mine on the phone yesterday i said bro i'm so grateful that i have a niche that i really enjoy and that i have a service or something i can provide that really i think is awesome and that i can help other people with and i have you know what i mean yeah. so it's just like yeah that gratitude is very, very important. And so I think that, that's that's huge that you mentioned that. So I want to yeah. kind of go back to your childhood a little bit. Okay. So um, what was your childhood like? What What's a distinct memory that comes up when you hear the world, when you hear the word childhood? So, um, man, you know what? Right away when you say it, I think there are, there are two there are two things that in a moment comes up. Um, the first thing is, uh, which was a huge part of my childhood, which was at seven years old, I was split from my mother. Um, and uh, I went to move with my father. That was a huge transition for me uh, to, to to now no longer have this, this woman in my life and to be transitioning to living with my father. And um, that was a hard transition, you know, because I still longed for her. I still wanted and desired for her. Uh, I still looked for her in in the stands and all of those things, um, you know, whereas, you know, I feel like, man, if there's one person that's supposed to just be there always, it's, it's your mom, right? Um, on the other hand, you know, and, and we're doing uh, great now. We're building now and all of those things. But on the other hand, I can remember times with my father and one distinct memory is is which I got made fun of for. Um, these these go hand in hand. These are two things. My father was very active um, in my life, so I remember one. I was playing football, and I'm in I'm on the football field, and I'm on the sideline. I just moved. Uh, I just went to a new school, high school, and I'm on the sideline. And I just remember my father going, uh, "Coach, coach." Put my boy in, coach. Put my boy in. And I'm just like, <laughs> oh my God, like, coach, you're never, you're never gonna win. You gotta put my boy in, coach. And uh, finally the coach put me in and I I, I killed it, right? But from then on, <laughs> from then on in the locker room, all I'm hearing is, coach, coach, put my boy in, coach, put my boy in, coach. <laughs> but you know, I can appreciate that later on in life. And I was like, my father was advocating for me. Absolutely. You know? Yeah, you know, he was like, he was he was saying something. He was like, yeah. look, um, my son has talent. There was a level of belief in this statement of put yeah. my boy in. It wasn't just like, I just want to see him play. It's like, no, my boy is talented. And if you want <laughs> to, to reap the benefit of this talent, you need to put him in. And I was just like, oh, shoot. Now, I, of course, I didn't. I wasn't thinking like that. Yeah, yeah. How old were you? Harrison did. Uh, what did you say? How old were you? Eighteen. You were eighteen. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is my this is my senior year, or no, no, seventeen. So this is my junior year when it first started, and I ended up earning a starting position my senior year. But you know, but it it came from him advocating at first. Uh, another memory inside of high school was this man was at my prom, and. <laughs> Listen, bro. My father didn't graduate from high school, so um, again, I did not appreciate or see it then. 
but my man bought his own tux. He went tuxedo shopping. He he got something personalized for himself and all of this stuff. And he's at my prom. And I'm like, he had a date and everything as a chaperone, right? You know what I'm saying? So, but however, um, for me later, you know, us talking about it, I was just like, that was a dope, that must've been a dope moment for him, you know, to, to not have experienced that in his childhood, to miss out on that experience, but he was able to experience it through his son. And to be there and see these moments happening in my life was probably, like, that was probably uh, uh, just, you know, valuable, invaluable to him. Like this, that was, that was the richest for him. And so I'm able to see those things and appreciate those later. And it's funny that when you ask, those are the three moments that kind of come to my mind. So, yeah. Wow, man, that's incredible. Those are great stories, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your yeah. pops is something <laughs> else, man. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome, yeah, sure. man. So do you yeah. feel like that that belief that, you know, your your pops had in you as far as like, um, you know, his, his confidence, his absolute confidence yeah. in the fact that you'd yeah. help any team, you know, let alone the team that was at your high school win. Um, how do you feel like that's translated into your adult life? I mean, and even in the work everything. that you do with businesses, man. I mean, like you we didn't even really everything. talk about some of your business accomplishments. T- t- share with us a little bit about what you do. Bruh, it's in everything that I do. That that belief, that mindset is is ingrained inside of me. Like I even I even like I can bring any of my kids up here now, and if I say it will be hard, but what they will finish the sentence and say, "But I can do it," because that same uh, resiliency that he implanted at the same level of belief that you can do anything. You know, my pops used to tell me that. Uh, he was like, you're a millionaire. You know, he used to say this as, you know, I'm 12, 13, 14, you're a millionaire. Like, I need you to think that way. You're a millionaire. Like when I left for college, I had to give him a plan. What's your plan? I'm gonna go to college. Okay, then what? What are you gonna do there? When are you gonna graduate? This, this, like, it was always about like you being the best that you can do. You putting forth the best effort. And so that translate in business, you know, now I'm able to, um, work with some some of the the biggest influencers in in the industry, right? Yeah, um, bro. And, and like Eric Thomas, like uh, Kim Five Hundred, like David Shins, like the 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 two founders of Support Black College. I've done launches for them. Um, people that that may not be considered big influences online, but are big influences in their industry, like a Daisy Duncan, like Rochelle T. Parks. Um, like Terrica Lynn Smith, like, you know, the list goes on and I'm grateful for that. Right. And that's because the word got out like, yo, this is the guy, this is the guy that you go to when you want to launch. And because, and if you hear the testimonials, they like the work he's going to put in for you is unmatched. The being meticulous in certain things is unmatched. And that came from this idea of it's the, when you get me on a project, it's not your project anymore. It's ours. Absolutely. And and if, and if I treat you like it's ours, well, I, I don't like to lose. I want to be the best. That's the mindset that I take in everything I do. And now, now that I'm on this, this weight loss journey, I'm like, y'all want to be the best. You know, uh, <laughs> I've been a vegan for 10 months now. 
but like, how do I become the best vegan? I don't even know if that's a thing, but how do I come become the best vegan? I've seen you on there. I've seen some of the people you had tagged in your post. And yeah. um, yeah, what's what's the young lady's name? I feel like I'm gonna mess up her name. Uh, she goes by Daisy. Uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've been watching her Daisy. stuff for a minute, man. Like, she, I'm sure she got you right, bro. I saw yeah, yeah, the. Yeah. I've oh, seen like just pictures of, of how your transformation has been happening, bro. Yeah. Like, oh, you may be talking about. Are you talking about coaching or? Oh, you you had made a post about your weight loss journey, and you were shouting out some of the people who had supported you. Oh, yeah. Uh, so there was a uh, Daisy was one of the people. Like, uh, she just a phenomenal friend that, um, like, literally, I you know they they're godfathers. Her and her husband Rashard are godfathers to my godparents to my kids and all of those things. So, you know, when you are in a circle, your circle is the one that's going to hold you accountable. So yeah, she's a part of that circle of just like, hey, bro, you supposed to be eating that? Are you, you know, is this is this part of your health journey? Or, you know, I can go out and work out with them or we go on walks and all of those things. So I, I was tagging the village that has helped me be accountable. Uh, my wife being the first person I tagged just because she's the one in the kitchen. You know what I'm saying? She's the one making sure that everything goes down correctly. So it is everything we do in anything I do, I've learned that I want to build a village around it. This is how you create success. It's not, it, it's, it's not about you doing it yourself and, and, and you puffing your chest out and, and getting your, allowing your ego to go in the way. It's like, how can you build a village around the success that you want? When you have that, I'm telling you, it changes everything. This is why we're in the program. That's why I'm in the program, the Seven Figure Society program. It's like, I'm trying to reach a certain level and get away from entrepreneurship and be a CEO. I'm not looking to try to do that on my own. Who cares about, oh, I did, I did, this came from me. I don't care about any of that. I just want to get there. I don't care about did I do it or did 30 people help me? I'm there and I'll, and I will recognize those 30 people once I'm there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. So what, what do you feel like, you know, and all of that stuff comes from, or at least, you know, the way I, I'm looking at it, you know, I feel like all of that, that mentality and stuff comes from the trauma. Well, I mean, but then also it's just what was demonstrated to you. You know what I mean? As far as like your winning mindset, the, the idea that it's going to be hard, but we going to do it. You know what I mean? But we can do it. You know, like that, those, that comes from an idea that you got from your father. And so, you know, one of the things I wanted to ask is like, what was for you was your first impression of manhood and how do you now take that in as, as an adult and as a father and as a husband instill that into your children? Yeah. So, uh, this is a great question, bro. First of all, shout out, <laughs> shout out, shout out to the questions though, bro. <laughs> uh, I would say my first impression, like, again, if I'm going to my father, uh, my father's a, like a no, he was a hard parent. He's a great man. But he was a hard parent. There were times where I didn't, I didn't like him. I didn't want to be around him. And it wasn't because, you know, it was just because he would push so hard. So my first like sight of manhood and what a man should be, is like, you have to be this hard, just hard man. You can't be tried. You, you don't let people try you. You don't cry. You don't, 
you know, you don't take for, you know, you know, you don't let anybody take anything from you. You don't let anybody put their hands on you. You know, um, you protect yourself at all times. You're, you're great. You're the best. Stick your chest out. You know, you're alpha male. Like that, this is, this is what I learned. And I remember, um, in, in college, I took that same mentality to college and I ended up getting, uh, I, I got into fights. I got, in, you know, one of my guys, it was two, two of my guys, James and uh, my guy, Steve, they were like, bro, you just, you're just always angry. You need to, you need Ready to do something. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They were like, yo, you need to, you need to like get a hobby or start rapping or something. So I tried rapping that didn't work. But then I, I found spoken word poetry. And this was around the time of uh, Deaf Poetry Jam and I'm all this. This is where the name you. words I'm came from. I'm done with you. Bruh, bruh, I was doing spoken word and I'm telling you, like, rocking. I started traveling and this is how my career actually began. I was getting on stages. I created a book, CD, all of these things. Because this, this became my worship this is how I, I was able to worship and give god honor and praise but this is also how i was able to get the anger out right if you listen to all my poems like bro you got some poems power. you can spit yeah i mean yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> we, you gotta spit a poem before we get out of here bro okay yeah yeah, yeah. so got i gotta to. i gotta show one like a 30 40 second one but most of them are like two minutes 230 or something like that but you know, I had a couple that even went, um, you know, somewhat viral online and things like that. But I was able to finally get that out, bruh. And uh, it was so helpful to me. Uh, but then here's the shift though. Here's the shift though. Um, when I graduated, when I got out of college, I met a guy, um, Rashard, Rashard Duncan. This was my second encounter with a man like you know i had pastors and things that demonstrated this but never i never saw it from anybody i was close to so my second encounter with manhood was for the first time there was a man that wasn't flexing didn't didn't puff out his chest wasn't trying to prove anything to me and i remember the first time we went over his house he was like yo I'm gonna be cooking dinner for you all and all of that stuff. I got you. You know, are you good with tilapia and all of this stuff? And I'm like, I look. He would tell you, that. I'm like, you cooking for me? What are you? Like, what are you? And I'm looking at him like, bro, I'm not, I'm not on that. You know what I'm saying? Because I, I never experienced anything like this before, where another man is, like, or serving, you know, or or even giving in that way, you know, other than my father, right? Um, and so he's like, bro, what are you talking about? Like, I'm, do you want some tilapia? I'm cooking tilapia and potatoes. And then we play games and all of this stuff. And I just, we started building a relationship. He's still my best friend to this day. And I was just like, this was crazy to not have, I had to, to be around a man that had nothing to prove. He didn't have to prove anything to me. He wasn't, he wasn't trying to show me that, like, I'm stronger than you, I'm better than you, uh, I get more girls than you, I not, none of that stuff. And that's when I was like, oh, shoot, there's a different level, there's a different part to, to manhood that I haven't encountered. And so now today, I love the idea of that I can still be assertive, but 
Um, I my preference is I am I am one that I love to serve. I love to to be polite. I love to to help and to laugh. And I I'm the person that if you walk past me, I'm gonna speak to you. Yo, what's going on? Like, and there's nothing wrong with that. And before I was like, you know, you walk past, we had the mean mug, and I couldn't be the first person to speak because then that means I'm soft. And, I, and I'm like, y'all have to prove any of those things. And that's there's strength and vulnerability now. And vulnerability doesn't necessarily mean that I have to, you know, cry, which I don't mind doing, but vulnerability means I can be me and not feel some type of way about being me. I don't have to prove to you that I'm like you or I'm like, I don't have to prove to you that I'm somebody else. I get to just be me. There's so much freedom in that. Like everywhere I go, bro, I am the same silly, assertive, you know, whatever, whatever you want to like, whatever you see, I'm the same way everywhere I go now. And that, that to me is, is true manhood is you being able to to just be be yourself and whatever that if you're a person that if you love love movies then then say you love love movies if you cried during the notebook which i did <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? I then, then play, <laughs> my favorite movie is love and basketball okay <laughs> so if that's, if that's it just say that and and be proud of that like that that was huge for me um so I think those are my my memories of, of manhood. Like those are my introductions to two different types of men, and now I'm able to um, to now formulate my own opinion and my own thought and, and characteristic of what what a man is. Wow, man, that's really incredible, and I think that's um that's so vital. And I think we take that as men, we take that for granted. Like we forget that the other half of being valuable as a man is your ability to feel and oh, to discern nice. situations man like that's that's yeah. that's part that's an essential part of leadership is being able to feel man and i think we yeah. you know we get all wrapped up in this persona that we have created yeah. around ourselves um yeah. and it's generally to hide something right yeah. um i just i think that's awesome bro that you that you write in poetry bro i've I didn't expect you to say that either. It's twice you surprised yeah. me. Uh, I listen, bro. Like, I grew up writing poetry and short stories and Yo, singing and all of that. Like, yeah. So that's wild, yeah. bro. And I, I 100% agree with that. Like, that's such a great outlet, um, and yeah. it helps you through a lot of different issues and or traumas yeah. that you may have. So, when did you Absolutely. realize? So now, like, you know, you've gone through college, you know, you're starting to write and things like that. Like, what got you into the digital space then? Like, how did you take, you know, being you went from being a super assertive young man to now being yeah. a very, very conscious and and sensitive poet to now being yeah, yeah, yeah. an online, you know, guru entrepreneur, like secret weapon, which is not at all any of those other things. So, like, how does that happen? I think, right, you know what? I think um, my mishaps or my uh, my failures or emotions, uh, it, like, pushes me into certain places. So, like, poetry started from a place of just anger and 
hurt and resentment. And, and then I was able to have that, right? And I did it for so long. And people still today call me for gigs. And I'm like, no, this just, I'm just not in that space anymore, right? Uh, and it's hard, it's hard to just tap back into that space. But I started getting into the corporate world. Uh, my, my pops was an entrepreneur. Like he, when I was in, um, when I was younger, he didn't work a job. Like he always, you know, was, had a hustle or something that he would create money from. And so I was trying to, he and I was trying to like, no, people like, yo, you need to go to college. You need to get a good job. So we were trying to break out of this hustling system and this entrepreneur system to get into this corporate system. And that's not how we were taught. He's always taught me to make my own money, be independent. And so literally I'm in the corporate world and I, I suck like sitting at a desk and and task oriented oriented thing i'm a talker i remember some of the feedback like you know how they do monthly reviews uh my boss would come by and like yo you you know what everybody talks about how inspirational you are and uh how you bring energy and all those things but we just need you to sit in your seat more and i'm just like i can't do it you know yeah, and bro. that's and, real um yeah yeah so finally uh, I, I go to a job I absolutely love. I'm, I'm able to talk more and all of those things. But then what really got me started was there was one job that I took in. Uh, uh, I literally uh, was at a point where I'm like, yeah, I don't want to, I don't need to finish school. I had like 20 credits left and they were paying me. Listen to this. Okay. Are you ready for this? My <laughs> man was like, yeah, we're going to pay you, we're going to pay you $55,000 a year and uh, we'll give you a percentage of the office that you, we want you to open up in Ames. I said, yo, you bring my wife who was my fiance at the time, you bring my wife on board and I'll do it. So for $110,000, I quit school. I quit school. I'm like 23, 24 at the time. I ended up quitting school. I had my wife leave her job. I said, yo, this is what we're doing now. So we're making 110000 Now to me, that's like, we're balling. This is like, this is, we're, we've made it. You know, forget the school. We bought a house, buy the car. I got crown molding on the on the ceiling. <laughs> like, crown molding is expensive, bro. Listen, listen to me. Yes, it is. It's expensive. My man was like, oh, it's going to be this much per yard or however they do it. I'm like, bro, don't talk to me about money. <laughs> Just get it off here. Okay? So, I'm talking about after a year, they made a mandate that said, "Yo, you actually need a degree to do this job now." And I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna be grandfathered in, whatever, like that." No, so I went from we went from making a hundred thousand dollars a year to now I, I was able to get unemployment. I was making two fifty a week. So I'm now in a position where we we have crown molding on a wall. But there's no furniture in those in those rooms. Okay, the, we talking about empty rooms, and then it gets to a point where our lights get cut off, our water gets cut off, and uh, all these things. We're having to go to food pantries. We're going to check in and cash spots where we're borrowing money from certain places. And I mean, from from this company and trying to pay our bills. And so what happened is the friend was like, they just bought their home. They're like, yo. Y'all stay in our basement because we're about to lose our home now. 
while I'm in the basement, I am literally Googling, how do I make money online fast? And again, I'm at a point of uh, a fork in a row where I'm like, I need to do something. I find this guy, James Whitmore, who's teaching about funnels. He's teaching like, you know, he's on YouTube video pops up from YouTube and he's like, look, this is what you want to do. You want to put videos up. You want to tell people to click the link, just like I'm doing with you. So click the link. I'm going to tell you that we're going to do a five day thing together. And I'm going to tell you exactly how to do funnels and then how you pitch your offer at the end. So listen, as I'm clicking the link, I say, this is not going to work. This is dumb. I mean, how did he think people, you're going to get people to click the link as I click the link, as, as I show up. As I'm doing the thing, and that video was up six months prior to me getting there. So I'm on that video. I click the link on day three. He's like, look, I got a special offer for you all at the end. Get your credit card ready. You ain't going to tell me to get my credit card. I'm not buying from you. Okay? You're not right. I don't know I'm you. I'm only here for the free stuff. All right? I'm only here for the free stuff. I get to day five. He presents the offer. I purchase. I'm, I'm doing this. And this broke me into this world of marketing and and uh, sales and and the the shift for me was <coughs> excuse me I was in the group and I was doing some of the stuff he was saying and I learned how to build funnels I built out my funnels and uh, and all of those stuff the funnel is just you know uh, just a way to get people from one place cold people that don't know you to a point of getting them prepared to buy from you, right? So you go through the a series, a process to be able to do that. Okay, so I'm doing that. I didn't make any money. And we found out from a young lady, Kimber Luna, she puts in the group, she's like, y'all, I just made $60,000 in one day. And I was like, how the, what did you just do? Cause I, I, quit school for a job that was paying $55,000 a year. How are you making $60,000 in one day? And she was doing webinars. And I said, boom. She invited us all to a webinar to show us how to do it. I get on her webinar. I said, this is it. So I combined the two. What he was showing me was the funnels. But, but the biggest thing about that was it wasn't using my gift, which is my voice. What she showed me was how to now put video and, and, and webinars and all of those things inside the funnel because that's how I was able to communicate with people right. um, you know, more appropriately in my style. So once I put both of those together, boom. I, I, I'm, everything I launched then, from then on, I, I did it through webinar. And I was doing this, and what happened was as I joined other programs to try to get ahead, I joined one of the programs I joined was ET's program. And I'm teaching them I'm teaching the people in the group for free how to do funnels. And they're all like, oh, this is so helpful. So E's uh, COO hits me up and was like, yo, do a funnel for us. And I'm like, okay, let's do it. And boom, from there. And it was just me getting into the room. I already had the skill set. I'm getting into the room. I'm serving for free. And boom, that's where it came from. But the connection to E was, it was already there from uh, a mentor, uh, Terry Frazier. Like, so he had already connected us. And uh, once I joined E's program, like it just kind of went up from there. From me creating success with him, everybody else started coming after that. Oh yeah. I mean, you you do the right, yeah, 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 I'm sure. Yeah. Cause once yeah. he put the word out, 
Yeah. That's awesome, so that, bro. That's, yeah. So that's how we got there. It came from me losing that job. I did go back and finish my degree, but me losing that job caused me to get into um, a, a grind mode, a mode of like, all right, you know what? I'm not going to put myself in this position again where I'm relying on somebody else to to pro- help me provide for my family. And, I, you know, I, I sought out how to do it. And that's how I entered this world. That's awesome, bro. And I think that what you said, yeah. you know, I'm not going to allow, I'm not going to depend on someone else. What I heard was to see value in me. You know, I, I got a lot of trauma yeah. around how people see you and, you know, value and things like that. And so, yeah. you know, I think that's really uh, um, interesting that you say that. It's just like, ultimately, you know, in the job industry, in the job market, you are there to provide value in order to help the company reach certain goals. Yeah. In the midst yeah. of that, you know, they're, they get to evaluate whether it makes sense or not whether you're a good fit regardless of your experience regardless of anything else they ultimately get to decide just whether they want you or not which then ultimately decides how you make a living how you eat how you you know and i'm not knocking anybody who works a nine to five or anything like that that's not what i'm saying i'm just saying there's trauma in that all by itself you know and so um i think that's really interesting that you know that event that's unfortunate you know, allowed you to tap into something that's obviously much, much, much greater. Cause I'm sure they couldn't pay you now to do that job that you were doing before. It's just like, no, broke it off wrong. my phone. No. <laughs> they, they can pay me to come in and consult. For sure. Right, right. Listen, <laughs> tell them. So, so what yeah. do you feel like are some of the, the, the things that you encountered? Like, so now things are getting better, right? Uh, um, you and your wife went through a, how long was that? I forgot. Oh man. So we, that was 2012. We lost the home. Um, we stayed in a friend's basement for about four months that year. And the rebound, I would say we finally got to a place of rebound, maybe like 2016, 17. Um, 16 is when I finally, and this is, I got a job with the district. Uh, no, 15. So it was about a three year recovery. 15 is when I got a job with the district and the district was hiring me to, um, I got approached. They were like, Hey, we're going to start this poetry program, um, called half pints for, for kids, uh, K through no, it was, uh, first, first grade through fifth grade. We want to start this program. We're going to do a school. We got King elementary was the first school. We're going to do just a trial there. I said, let's do it. I'm working at a job at the time. I said, let's do it. We do it. I don't hear anything for about four months um, over the summer. And I'm like, oh man, I got to go back to this job. I didn't hear anything that failed. They called me in August. and was like, look, not only did King Elementary love it, but we have 11 schools that want in. And I was like, oh shoot, let's do it. So in that first semester from September this is 2015 still from September to December. I go all in, like I work as hard as I can. By the time we get to, we go on Christmas break. By the time we come back from Christmas break, they're like, we have four more schools that want to do it. We got four, you know, the four high schools, we need you to start doing some work with them. After the school year, we go on summer break. Right when I come back, 2016, we literally have 30, elementary schools 
that are on board. I now have, I start hiring some of the high school teenagers that, um, uh, wow. that I, I was training. Right. And it was, it was all from, you know, Christopher and Emily, they were the two heads of this program. And so they just let me rock. They just let me do what I do what I did. So we started getting some of the teens that we were mentoring. We started giving them jobs for middle school and, and the grammar school kids and all that. And we built out an entire program that is still thriving to this day. Um, so I, right, when you talk about the most joy I've ever had, I, all I did was talk and teach. That's what I did. I That's made amazing. people have fun and we did poetry and we put on shows and we traveled out the to different cities and states and I did this all the way up until 2000 the end of 2018 and it wasn't until um and here's the thing I was getting paid maybe maybe forty thousand dollars a year maybe 40 and I'm talking about bro I felt like I was getting Two hundred thousand a year, like that's that's how much that's being joy, in your man. natural, yeah. yeah. And so what happened was though, my guy Rashard Duncan, who I've been talking about, he says, um, so it only costs forty thousand for you to for you to not pursue your your dream because I've been doing the entrepreneur stuff on the side Ooh. still. And I say, so he was like, okay, so it only costs you four. I said, what you talking about, bro? I'm I'm free. He was like. You're not free. Look at what this fool told me. This good fool in a good way. He was like, you're not free, bro. You just have a long leash. And soon that leash will start choking you. I said, ah, okay. Just okay. ruined it. You just okay. ruined it. <laughs> yes. I, he ruined the whole thing now. So now that he's saying this, I start to see, because I'm, I'm getting gigs. And then, you know, it starts to be like, well, hey, you, that gig has to come second. And I'm starting seeing stuff where I'm like, oh shoot, he this right. is where the leash, right. the leash is starting to choke me now because things in my career, in my entrepreneurial career, is growing, and I was, I was like suppressing those things because I was so happy over here. And because you're tired of being broke, bro. I, yeah, bro. I was just comfortable, and so literally, he was like, bro, come the end of this year, I need you to put in, I need you to put in your notice. And he's like, you will not. And this was like uh, January, February, going into uh, this is 2018. He's like, yo, tell him that you will not renew your contract for the new school year. At the beginning of the year, he's like, tell him you will not renew your contract. And I'm like, bro, okay, hold on. Hold on. Like, what am I going to do then? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He's like, do the stuff you've been doing. I'm like, ah, I, don't, I don't trust that yet. But... I had the conversation with them. I told them like, yo, it's time. I need to pursue. I need to pursue my own thing and all that stuff. They were with it, of course. I like, so August of 2018 was officially my last time getting paid from the school district uh, for any employment. And like those eight months, like I, I, I'm talking about grind. I'm still trying to get rid of the bags from under my eyes from 2018 and then 2019 my wife was able to come out of her job and then we just we just continue to grow from there so wow yeah. man wow. oh my god yeah. bro first of all thank you for sharing that man that's so yeah. 
for any of you know for anybody who's just joining us you know this is words taylor the entrepreneur's secret weapon uh the the webinar king uh, on in the digital media space digital marketing space um and, and what we're talking about is going from trauma to triumph. And so um, if you're just now tapping in, you know, you do, just go ahead and rewatch some of this, you know, because he's really telling a lot of his story here. And I think it is just absolutely incredible. Um, yeah. One of the things that I think is really interesting and, you know, and I got my own processes going. So I'm really watching how other people are navigating because yeah, yeah. I'm like, this can't be just me, right? Like, yeah. I'm not like deficient or something. This is a real thing or something. So yeah. listening to your experiences is very, very validating because taking that leap, you know, especially after you are just coming out of a super down period, um, you know, there's, there's this, there's this yo-yo effect that can be yeah. damaging. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, and, and then damaging if you don't, handle it right right like you got a wife who cares about you who got your back you know just that amount of stability or having you know i believe it is it will help you um get through some difficult times if that's the right one i'm not you know listen everybody got their own situations but i'm just saying so one of the things that i wanted to ask you is with this as you're growing now, right? You've left that other job, things are starting to pick up, you got ET hitting you up and all this other kind of stuff like was that traumatizing in of itself? Having now all of this demand on you? Yeah, oh, yes. you could do this. You could do this. You could do this. You could do this. Yeah. Let's do that. Yeah. And you're like, okay, yeah, like, one, I'll definitely take the bread, but also, um, there's only one of me. So, yeah. How do there's, I there's, properly structure myself to. Yeah, there's a level of, of disbelief. Like, I think entrepreneurship is not even about the real part of entrepreneurship has nothing to do with money. It's everything to do about your personal growth, your journey, mm-hmm. because entrepreneurship will bring out everything that you feared in your life, like or everything that you tried to avoid, your anger, your resentment, your rejection, um, your anxiety or depression, or you not wanting to be alone with yourself in your own thoughts, mm. all of those things, like they're going to come out in entrepreneurship. So there's a whole nother level of, of trauma of just, um, just trying to find out, like, how do I take control of myself? How do I, you know, how do I win this battle every day with me? Forget trying to sell something. I got to win the battle with me. I got to, <laughs> I got to constantly remind myself of like who I am and what I do. And I will yeah. tell you, even though the school district approached me, I literally when they, I was sitting at a cubicle when I got the when I got the message, checking my Facebook because I was miserable, and they said they wanted me to do this, and I immediately told them no. I said I just finally got a job. I finally am in position where I can comfortably say I'm providing for my kids. Um, and, I mean, for my for my family, um, I, I can't do it. I don't want to do it. And it was my guy, Christopher, that was like, the words, you don't belong there. And in my head, I'm saying, I know, but I'm not leaving here because if I do, I'm not going to be able to provide. I tried that out there. I'm not going to be able to provide for my kids. And we just 
Like we just got in our great apartment. We just got furniture for the first time. We just like all of these things. Like I'm like, we just got here. And now I'm I'm positioned with the potential for another risk. And I told him no. And because they and they were like, yo, we're gonna do this school and we're gonna see if it works. Well, here is the reason why it was a risk. Because the times when they wanted to do it, I was working from uh, during the times that they wanted that I would have to go to these schools. Mm. So, so I would need, and the and the job wouldn't give me the time off. So I would literally need to put in my two weeks at the job and take the risk for this thing that I don't know is is gonna happen, and hope the school loves what I'm doing enough to say, "Yep, we want a contract, and we can get other schools on board." So literally when I first do it and I don't hear anything for three, four months, I'm like, God, I knew it is happening again. I messed up. I did it. I messed up. I screwed it up. I messed up. I made the wrong decision again. And that's another point of trauma. When you, when you start taking losses, bro, bro, you start to second guess your decisions. You start to, you start to feel like everything, every decision you make is going to be another L. And that's the, overcoming that in itself is is so hard you know what i'm saying and so when it finally goes through it's just preaching right now you're preaching right now because it's so true bro you you especially i feel like as men you know i don't know for some of y'all maybe this is not true but at least for me and how i was raised like your job is to make sound decisions not only for yourself but for the people who you care about as well so when you feel like a loose cannon you feel like you are absolutely no good to your community you are absolutely no good to your family you are no good to yourself and so you know the idea that three months after you made this initial decision you still ain't heard nothing you're just oh, yeah. like, oh, well, there it is. There it is. There it All is. All right. I, yeah, yeah. And I, I remember going through launches like this where I'm like, I'm telling my wife, like, I can't I can't take another loss, babe. I can't take another <laughs> fail. Like, I don't want to do this. And it's just, it's just so. And she's, you know, again, she's like, you're words Taylor. And then, you know, you kind of get to yourself like, what does that mean? So what? <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? I don't even know what that means anymore. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> so, That's hilarious. So it, it was it was hard. Like it was like when you even with getting a contract with ET and it's like, oh shoot, now you want me like you're gonna expect some results. And you put a lot I put a lot of pressure on myself to what if we don't get the results? And then oh my god, this is the this is the first time somebody's believed in me and I'm like, I'm still trying to believe in I'm still trying to believe in me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and so it was so much easier. So part of like, part of why we do stuff for free, because it's like, it's so much, e- there's no pressure on, Yeah. you know, I'm giving it to you for free. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I, yeah, yes. I'm, I'm doing it for free. But when somebody actually like, I'm pay you, it's like, you almost want to say, well, I'll just do it for free. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because there's no pressure to that, right? So um, we got, when we finally got that contract, we did it, man, and we hit it out the park. Wow, man. And that right there was the first time I was able to see my system because it was like uh, my ideas, the ideas just flowed. I, I was able to see myself strategize 
and and actually like, oh shoot, I I do this. And from there, my guy Richard, who I'm telling you about in the days, eh, um, uh, my wife and I, best friends or whatever, they had a product, and I was like, yo, I'm gonna launch a product for you. And prior to that, I was telling them like, yo, this this is what I do, this is what I learn, like let me do this for you. And there wasn't a level of trust just yet. And finally, I was like, look, I need y'all to trust me. They were actually looking at another company to launch this product. I said, yo, I'm gonna do the product. I'm gonna launch it. And here, I just need y'all to trust my ideas. I'm telling you, whatever I came up with, they did it. And, um, you know, they're, they're seven figures in now. Oof. Okay. So, wow. so now that I have these two people under my belt, one of them being the number one motivational speaker in the world. In the world. I'm at a I'm like, yeah, in the world, Craig. You know in saying? the so, world, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> so, so at that point, I'm like, all right, we got something. We have a system. And from then, um, E, E just starts, like, he starts telling everybody. everybody. He, everybody he talked to, like, now he didn't have to say it publicly. I'm glad he did say it publicly because that might have been way more sure. I wasn't prepared for that. So if somebody would come to him and be like, yo, we need this, or I got launch this, he'd be like, yo, you need to talk to words. And so now people are just coming, you know, um, just just like, and then it got to a point where he was like, yo, you, you're going to do all of our funnels and all this stuff. So it was, yeah, yeah. So it was oh, it was nice. a dope experience and all of that. And it just, it just started coming, bro. So, um, but there was something in that where it's, now I had to, well, again, we're in entrepreneurship. So now I had to learn something else about myself, which was, yeah, I'm, I'm a great leader when it comes to making sure everybody is happy and making sure I exhibit empathy, making sure your voice is heard, but I'm not a great leader. I wasn't a great leader when it came to making sure you fully understood your role in the business, mm. where you fully understood your task or, or being able to make sure that there is structure and and systems in place in order for us to to grow without a bunch Increased of stress capacity, bro. Yeah. So, bro, like I'm talking about when when I say overwhelm on a whole nother level, it was there. And then so we had high turnover for team and all of that stuff. And that's because we didn't have the proper things in place. We were growing so fast that it was just like, okay, you can do it. Okay, cool. Come on. And so there's no training. There's just like, all right, do it. I thought you said you can do this. You know what I'm saying? Like, why are you not doing like, it? What then? does do this mean? I need to know exactly <laughs> what do this is. Yeah, Define and I'm do like, this. do this means, you know, <laughs> it, <laughs> all of it, <laughs> all of it. <laughs> well, why aren't you doing it? I come back like, two months later. I'm like, why isn't this done? No, what? Why isn't what done? This. <laughs> so, Bro. so now. Uh, that's when I, I said, okay, uh, I need some help. I got to go back into the lab of understanding how to actually now grow a business, sustain yeah. a business. And yeah. you start to, like, that's why I said entrepreneurship, there is, it's the battle is, can I win against me? All of my insecurities, right? Like the insecurity of, ah, now I gotta, I'm going to go to another man asking for help. Oh, you know, God. or even even the idea of asking for help. Period. Bro. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm struggling overcoming right now with that, this bro. this I'm level of trauma, like right getting out of this. I'll do it myself. You know what? I'll do this myself. 
getting out of that attitude. That's there's so many things you just have to overcome in this process. So yeah, this this is a real journey, right? Bro, it's that's a real so journey. Good. What do you feel like men's number one setback is? Like when you because you've coached ego. all kind of folks, bro. You said ego. It's the ego. It's the ego, bro. How do you get rid of that, though? Like, ego is sometimes the only reason that you can get from point A to point B. And so it's such a necessary part of who you are as an individual. Um, But it also, it just is so... It's like... um, It's like an unstable matter, right? Like, it's explosive. Like, you don't even want to shake it because you just don't know what is going to happen. But it's yeah. necessary. So it's how necessary. do you properly have the necessary ego to even say to yourself in the mirror, I'm going to be a millionaire and I'm going to do it because I'm going to work at this until I make it happen. That's You have to have some measure of ego to embark on that kind of a journey. But then yeah. also, you're also expected to not have an ego so you could be coachable and nice yeah, to people yeah. and you know yeah. and, and gracious even when you've been taking L's for months years on end yeah. at publicly sometimes yeah. you know like yeah. how do you manage that i think it's it's there comes a point when you have to learn yourself enough to know when my ego is needed and when it's not mm. there's a difference in a time where I am failing and I have tried everything I know to do and it is now time to ask for help, my ego is not needed right now. (laughs) (laughs) We don't need that right now. We, we need, we need help. I don't, I don't need you. Like, no, we got it. We got, yeah, I know we got it, but we're going to get it with help. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So, but in a time where, um, I know that I've created the best product or service and I've tried and tested it and and now it's time to market and show up now my ego is needed yeah. right like that ego of knowing who I am and being firm in that and not allowing anybody to take that away from me or being yeah. firm yeah. in my belief for myself that yeah. high level of belief that audacity yeah. You got the audacity, the audacity to create this, you know what I'm saying? To create something and then sell it and then tell people you're going to spend $10,000, $20,000 for it. You have, yes, I, yes, I do. I do. So therefore the ego is, is needed. We, we just have to identify when it's needed, right? There, there's, there's times when my wife and I tell each other, I, there's time when my wife would just want to pop off on me and I'm like, man, you, you don't need to do that with me, okay? Like, I'm, you know what I'm saying? Like, you could be like, you know what, babe? I'm, you know, I was a little disappointed. I thought you were going to do this and this and this. And that right there would do the same thing as you bringing your ego. I'll be like, look, you're right. I should have got that done, right? Like, so when I think about my youngest son uh, or my middle son, I can tell him like, hey, son, Daddy's a little disappointed that you didn't get this done like you were supposed to. And he's going to put that head down and be like, ah, ah, I don't need to puff my chest out uh, uh, for him. I don't need to point the finger. I don't need to, I'm daddy, you listen. None of that is necessary, right? So it's about understanding when your ego is needed. I'll tell you this real quick. 
uh, a guy I follow in the poetry world. He talked about um, he went over to Israel and um, and it was a group of men praying in a church. And he said, there's a there's one point that all the men, it's like 30 men. He's like, all the men started crying and weeping in worship. And he said, I couldn't cry. And and then he said, at that moment, I was the weakest man in the room. He said, my ego, my ego wouldn't allow me to submit to this vulnerability of crying. And so then in the poem, he talks about, I, I have to, I have to start being great before my ego finds out. And I was like, that's so good. That's so good. So I even like, I have this thing with my mother where she texts me and I, sometimes there's a level of resentment that comes up because it's like, why, why were you texting me? Then? Even though I didn't have a cell phone, I was younger. Why were you texting me then? You know what I'm saying? I wanted you then. And now today I'm like, okay, if she texts, my goal is to text back right away. Cause I'm saying to myself, I have to do it before my ego finds out. Yeah. If my, if my ego finds out, then it's going to be like, no, you should have, no, you're going to wait. Uh, you know what I'm saying? You just said that's, something. That's, that's, I got to do it before my ego finds out. Before my ego finds out. Before it, I, I got to run to forgiveness for my wife before my ego. Because once the ego finds out, bro, it, that's a monster. That's a, that's a hard thing to, I got to beat this thing down now. Now I got to overcome my ego just to now get to you. It's like, no, I got to do it before my ego finds out. My ego finds out that I'm being vulnerable. It's, it's, it's going to be, it's, it's going to try hard not to let me. If my ego finds out that I'm about to ask for help, it's going to, it's like, I'm going I'm to get stuck in this place. And I'm going to try to do it again on my own and go through another series of failures because my ego found out that I was about to be vulnerable that I was about to ask for help. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's key. Like when you ask about what as far as bro, us like our egos, bro. That's wild, man. I I don't even know what to say right now. That was a that was a lot. I I received Amen. that. I received that. That's Amen. Man. Yeah. Okay. I got I got one more question for you. And then go. we got to go into a thought exercise, bro. You got a little bit more time or do we need to cut? Yeah, yeah that's good. Okay, that's okay, good. Now, this is this is off script, bro. Okay. What's the hardest conversation you've ever had to have with your wife about entrepreneurship? About entrepreneurship? About, oh, about your business, bro. Y'all went through a whole um, lot of stuff together. What's the hardest yeah. conversation? Because we talking about teams. We talking about like, you got to have the right circle. For some of us, yeah. that means good friends, right? And then for some of us, we got to quit being the solo dog. We got to yeah. just commit to something and allow that to grow into what you're looking for. Yeah. yeah. However that is for you, right? I'm not telling yeah. nobody to do nothing. I'm just being real on here as a man. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I think there's a lot of conversations that are very difficult to have. And that ego window is very, very small. Yeah. <laughs> and it can show up mid conversation. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, you know, like, so I just, um, I mean, and I know that's maybe a personal uh, question, but from what you yeah. can share, like, what's been yeah. one of the, the hardest 
and best conversations that you've had um, to have with your with your lady about where we're at, what we're doing, yeah. and what it looks like, what it's gonna take. Um, I would say, man, there's so many conversations that um, we've had to have. Shout out to Dar, who is on here as well, commenting and inviting other people. <laughs> <laughs> but um, um, I would say one one conversation that I had, which I, I think has really hurt her, but for me. Um, I was hurting and I didn't I, I think I didn't want to receive the failure so I needed to make it about her um, now this was a time where she had already been supporting me through the whole journey even at a time where I had my license got barred and she was now had to drive for two years and I didn't have to drive and I remember I remember to saying to her like you know what like the reason why our business is not where it's supposed to be is because of you you know, I, I have blamed her for the business and, um, you know, that, that hurt her, you know, and I, I think my wife is not, she's not one that will express her hurt too often, but to hear like, she, she just took it and then came back and it was like, yo, how, how dare you? You know what I'm saying? Like you didn't, you're the one that this, this, and this, and this, and this, and I had to receive that, you know, I had to receive that. I, of course, apologize and, and um, all of those things. And I think more so, this was at a point where my ego didn't want to accept this failure. It didn't want to accept that there was something in me that needed to change in order for us to grow. And um, so it's like, no, but if you would have just, if you would have just, if you would have just. And um, so that was a hard conversation. It was a hard recovery process to to come back from and I think um, like there had to be a level of trust that was built in that you know there's a lot of pressure on that if we're supposed to be building this together but you're looking at me like I'm the liability now it, you know, it becomes harder to, to to grow together so I think that was probably a really hard conversation to have and to to grow from there's several more but yeah yeah that, that was probably one of the harder ones like and there there are times when i've come back and i've fed her this dream of how much money we're going to make from this launch and do all of these things and the hard conversation of coming back and she's like so how do we do and i have to put my head down like no we didn't do anything those are hard conversations bro. to know like i i planned for this i I you believed in it and now it's not happening. Yeah, <laughs> so like, speed home for a, uh, an enrollment call or something and they don't show up. You've been preparing, right, yeah. doing all this stuff, move your whole day around, get there. Yeah. Nobody shows up. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Those are hard conversations or hard conversations of, of the fear of I'm seeing money go out the account and I'm seeing the lack of sales being made and now I have to now I'm, I'm I'm having this conversation of like, man, oh, like we got to stop spending. I don't know what we're gonna do. Like those are hard conversations to have. Anytime that you're impacting somebody else's life, there's a lot of pressure as far as um, an entrepreneur or the desire to be a provider, whether man or woman. The desire to be a provider and bring in income. There's pressure that comes with that because when you don't do it. Then what? Then you let down 
uh, an entire family. And then you then you look at the situation. You're like, what? Am, how am? I, how do I? How do I recover from this? How do I provide for my family? How do I look myself in, in my my wife or my kids in the eye and let them know, like, yo, we we got to give up this home, or we can't do that because because I didn't do what I was supposed to do, or the reason why you aren't getting new clothes or going on trips is because I didn't make something happen. There's a lot of pressure here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So this, like these shoulders, you gotta understand when you step into this ring, there's there's weight that comes with it, and just knowing how to manage that weight um, is is huge, because you can you can lose yourself in it, and that's the thing. Like that's the real. I, I, I say it again. That's the real battle. Is you know, uh, Rudyard Ru- Kipling. If you can if you can keep yourself, if you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you. Like, that's a real statement, right? If you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs. So like, in this entrepreneurial journey, like if you can keep yourself in this journey, you won. Bro, that's a bar right there. If you continue to show up for yourself in spite of all the things you're going through, you already won. The money gonna have you to won. just catch up. You won. You know what I'm saying? And so now if you continue mm. to do that and win, then the result of you now winning is okay, now you start to make money and all of those things. But making money is not the win. You keeping yourself. That's the win. And then the result of the win is the money. Is being able to go to Spain or my wife just got back from Belize for her birthday. Like, that's not that's not the win. The win came because we kept ourselves, and then because of that, we were able to enjoy the results of keeping ourselves. That's key. Mm. Bro, this is this is masterful, bro. I, I'm so Let's grateful, go. man. Um, y'all, if y'all are not doing this yet, you need to be following words. Taylor on IG, on Facebook, on every other platform where he is um not only is he brilliant but he's just one of the most insightful and kind-hearted human beings like i just don't even know man that's just wild that's you said so many things man before you go though i really want to make sure that um we get a thought exercise from you if that comes by form of a poem i'm not gonna be mad but i'm also not gonna make you do nothing uh, I want okay. you to do whatever you feel like um, would be the most helpful for somebody who's maybe listening to this on a train or on the bus or getting getting okay. ready to run into a meeting or something, and they need something to to move forward. Okay. Yeah. So I'll do like a, a little thirty second joint. Um, bear with me. I haven't spit in a minute though. But oh, uh, oh I'm so hyped for yeah. this, bro. Let's go. All right. So at first, it may be hard for me to write this. But then I think I serve a God that is righteous, so I might just start making moves instead of making fools. I turn life into a game, so now I'm running these rules, trying to stay up, but I'm always down. So much struggle on my face, I can't help but to frown. But with my back against the rope, I stand with a closed fist, searching through God's great book, begging him to show me my niche. A black man with a mind, so they scared of my common sense. How common is this? Dr. King in my throat, so I have to speak loud. I got bricks for legs, so I have to stand proud. I move forward with my one-person stampede, 
Only thing is, I don't think this world is ready for me. Words. <laughs> that was boss, bro. That's love, bro. That's amazing. Thank you so much, bro. Oh my goodness. Y'all getting yeah. everything today. If y'all are not following everything. words, words, tell them how do they get a hold of you, man? How do they connect yes. with you? If they trying to launch a course, if they're trying to do uh, uh, get live in this in in this entrepreneur digital space, what do they need to do, bro? Yeah. yeah so just reach out to me on on uh, Instagram at words Taylor, and uh, we take it from there. Anything that I would want you to be involved in uh, for me, you will find it in the link in my bio on my Instagram. So that that will take you to. To anywhere anything that i'm doing currently absolutely and i'm a big i'm really uh big on doing your homework so you know if, if you all are, are thinking about doing and, and and getting into entrepreneurship and you're looking for a coach you got to find the coach with the right energy and who has the right values otherwise it's going to be hard for you to learn from them so if you don't do anything yeah. except jump there and stalk his page for the next week or so before you say anything sure. do it do, do it, it. Yeah. take your time yeah so um thank you so much you bro oh my goodness man thank you yeah, so much you, for all of this bro yeah, this is amazing yeah. this is yeah. amazing yeah. Uh, any all of you all thank you all for being here this was another incredible episode um just make sure you like share comment share this with your buddies people who you know uh are gonna need this people who you know are are, are in a space where uh, this is their next this is what they need and 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 we all have been there and so we know those folks you know those folks share it with a couple people and we'll talk to you guys again on another episode of empower you podcast appreciate you love you words appreciate you dog uh and we'll talk to you guys a little bit later peace thanks for listening to empower you podcast don't forget to rate and review this episode because we would love to hear your takeaways from this discussion and it helps us reach more listeners just like you. If you'd like daily audio video clips from the podcast, you can find Empower You Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you soon.